As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football and I'm passionate about it. I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? I care about the players, care about their families. I've sat in their seat, man. This sucks. I love Frank, man. I was working with Frank, right? So I'm working with him every week, talking to him. I consider Frank a friend and I love him. I think he's a heck of a football coach. That's their coach. I mean, they played for this dude, so uh, I don't minimize that at all. Welcome back. 1% better, although I think we officially need to change that. The leading candidate, any given Saturday, upper quartile podcast. We don't need to waste time with that. The Indianapolis Colts are 1-0 and with Jeff Saturday. As James, you pointed out, the only undefeated coach in the NFL after the coach of the year. Eagles lost last <laughs> night. There are so, so, so many things to dive into. We had a long travel day yesterday, got back from Vegas last night. That's why we're recording this on Tuesday morning. Wild game in Vegas. It was a lot of fun at the end. Back and forth. The Colts made the plays at the end. Stephon Gilmore does what he does. So many things to dig into. James, how did Sunday measure up in your mind to what you expected before the day started? Let's start with the fact that there was a quarterback change. So that changes What did I tell you on the ride to the stadium? Yeah, you told me like, hey, you know, I'm hearing it's a possibility he could be the starter. And I was thinking to myself, how much more chaos <laughs> could we could we deal with? But in all seriousness, it made me reflect on the Friday press conference. I believe you were already in Vegas, but, you know, Jeff Saturday was asked. And this is a lesson in us is, you know, journalists maybe asking more direct questions. We all just kind of assumed after he said Monday, like last Monday, that Sam was the starter. Kevin Vaughn, you know, our colleague over there. He asked, hey, like, you know, so is Matt the backup? And he, you go back and read the transcript. Jeff's like, yeah, those are our two guys. But he's not like, you know, definitive either or. And I think it was smart on his part. God bless Jeff it. Saturday for not using coach speak. So far, so far, he has been pretty real with us. <laughs> yeah. And so, but that answer was like vague enough to leave the door open. But in hindsight, you know, I mean, in the, in the moment, we didn't think much of it. But in hindsight, it's like, oh, like he didn't really like say who was the starter. So going into that game, obviously, when, I, when we found out officially that Matt Ryan was going to be the starter, I immediately thought they had a better chance of winning the game. And then from there, it was just figuring out, OK, there's so many moving parts still. You're starting a new quarterback. 
you know, uh, for the first time in a couple weeks, not new, but you know what I mean? Like returning to a, a new quarterback, you got a new play caller, you got Jeff Saturday in his first game. So there's a lot of moving parts, but I felt like Indy made enough plays offensively, quite frankly, to, to give themselves a chance to win. And they did. I mean, they haven't had many games this season where they've been able to put together long drives. And they had a couple of those, uh, you know, Sunday and obviously like a JT looked like JT again. There were just so many factors that played into that game. But I think the biggest thing, and we'll talk more about it, was just the decision and the freedom to start the quarterback that everyone, you know, in the world, I feel like knew was the best starting quarterback for the Colts. I don't want this to sound like a hot take, but Sunday was less about Jeff Saturday and it was more about Matt Ryan. And I understand that Jeff Saturday made the decision and he made the decision that Frank Reich really couldn't make. Right. We've we've talked a lot about that. He was told to, to play Sam Ellinger, and I think anyone who watched more so the New England game than the Washington game knew this this offense wasn't going anywhere with Sam Ellinger as the quarterback as currently constructed. And there's a lot of things that go into that. The offensive line was terrible, nine sacks. This was Matt Ryan's team. This is Matt Ryan's team, and it never wasn't Matt Ryan's team. And I feel like you've been in the locker room talking to guys, and you had a long conversation with Quentin on Sunday, and the, and the quote he gave you really stood out to me, essentially – the way Matt Ryan handled the benching was the biggest man move Quentin's ever seen. And then he detailed how much Matt gave to Sam in terms of time and effort to help him. I could feel it in the locker room Sunday night. I could feel it. There was a juice. There was an energy. And part of that's Jeff Saturday, and we'll get into that. We'll get into Jeff Saturday's impact on this team. But a lot of it was Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan gives them a belief. And I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs. I'm not saying anything beyond just one win against a bad Raiders team. But Matt Ryan gave them something that they didn't have. And you protect him. And I thought Parks Frazier called a great game. But this was Matt Ryan. This was Matt Ryan going up to Buckner before the last drive and said, I'm going to give you everything I have. I don't think Buckner expected a 39-yard run from Matt Ryan. But that's what he got. And Matt Ryan is this team's leader. For better, for worse, the rest of the way, whether they make the – whatever happens, happens. But – they should have been playing this guy all along. I think that was pretty evident. And you could see it, like you said, those long drives. You could see this offense get some spark back. Absolutely. And, you know, my angle after the game, you know, I'll let you and Bob kind of handle the, you know, Jim Irsay angle and, and obviously, you know, the Jeff Saturday angle and Matt Ryan angle. Mine was like the other guys. And there were so many guys that stepped up to the point where I really couldn't include everyone. Like Buck had a great game. I just watched the tape. Him. Buckner and Grover. And he was he was a beast. And the funny thing about the way this game went was that so many guys played well that pretty much everyone I talked to was talking about somebody else. Like, yeah, I made this play, but you did, did you see like two plays before that? This is why I was able to do this. Faison like, made a play. Isaiah made a play. Kenny Moore stop gets overlooked because it was early, but that open field tackle on Josh Jacobs was a tremendous football play. Absolutely. And so you think about all the little parts that factored into the Jeff Saturday debut win. And it felt like everyone could be proud of how they performed. It wasn't like we won this in spite of. It's like we won this because of. And there were some mistakes there. You know, you had the Kiki Kuti, uh, QT fumble. You had Pittman who fumbled and actually recovered it. False start. Um, early, you had the yeah. missed field goal. Like, yeah, false start. You know, when the, when the crowd's still loud the and you're like. They're still flawed. But I felt like, again, everyone knows they have at least a chance with Matt Ryan back there. And I want to read you this tweet from his, his wife, Sarah, tweeted this because it, it's a highlight of him running, you know, the scramble, the longest run of his career, 39 yards. And she tweeted uh, yesterday, cut it back inside a bit, dot, 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 avoid it heading towards the bench at all costs. 
you know, she's saying <laughs> what we're all thinking. Like, there's no reason. Obviously, the injury factors in, but to announce that Sam was a starter for the rest of the season, that you know, we mistake. all kind of were that was a surprised by that. And maybe we'll talk more about the optics of that. But my problem with this is, and Jim Mercer tweeted this morning, you know, praise for Matt Ryan. It's like you, you pushed for him to go to the bench. Like you did. Everybody knows that. Like you were desperate to see Sam Ellinger. And now that Matt Ryan has come back and given you the opportunity to talk some smack, Jim Mercer got on Twitter yesterday to go with the critics. I think that's Bill Cower. I think that's Joe Thomas, et cetera. And Jim Mercer can say what he wants. It's his team. He can do what he wants and he can make the moves that he wants. And he can, he can chirp now. We'll see if he can chirp next week. He did say, you know, Eagles Colts feels like David versus Goliath. I think he was just kind of playing to the playing to the crowd a little bit. But this is Matt Ryan's team. It was always Matt Ryan's team. And now that, that he's back, it feels like what's possible the rest of this season, it just seems like there's a little bit more. It was hard to see this team winning games as currently constructed last week with Jeff Saturday walking in and Sam Ellinger at quarterback. And it feels different because of two things. Matt Ryan is back. He gives this offense something. And you know who's also back? Jonathan frickin' Taylor. And you had not seen a run like that all season, really. And and that's what we saw five or six times last year. That dude can win games by himself. He's back. He's healthy. And that home run threat changes everything. And I want to shift into, we'll get into Jeff Saturday in a minute, but Parks Frazier. You know, I watched really closely what he called. And obviously, JT going for 66-yard touchdown changes everything. But Parks was really good at dialing up the quick throws. The linebackers for the Raiders were, they were shredded. One guy retired. Perryman was out. They're starting a rookie undrafted guy in the middle. Where did they attack? With with Paris, with Pittman early. Quick slants over the middle. They really got the best of those linebackers. That was a good job by Parks to identify a spot where to attack. And Matt Ryan gets the ball out so fast. I mean, I think he got the ball out in less than 2.5 seconds yesterday, more than they had done that all season. So the things that everybody's talking about out there, about the offensive line and, and, and the quarterbacks and everything, what what to fix. The line played better against a very, very bad defensive line for the Raiders outside of Max Crosby. And also, they had a game plan that combated that, right? That got the ball out quick. And that's really what it was supposed to look like all along with Frank Reich. That's what Frank Reich sold Matt Ryan on a play-action game, using JT as a threat to have those quick throws. But you wrote about Parks. You talked to Jeff Saturday about Parks. You talked to and many as many players in the locker room as you could about Parks, including Paris, who deserves some love, who played great. What did they say about this 30-year-old who was stepping in as a play caller for the first time in his life? Yeah, so I think a lot of the players were like, you know, they said typical things. You know, he's dedicated, he showed up, stayed late, all those things. And those are, you know, quotes you can use. But I was kind of searching like, okay, you know, but it's still his first time doing this. Like, are there any moments where that kind of popped up? And Jeff Saturday gave, you know, a great um, example of that. In-game example, he's like, you know, after Matt Ryan got sacked on his third down, 14-yard loss, Chase McLaughlin comes out there, misses a 48-yard field goal off the right, you know, upright. The Raiders come back and score a touchdown. And now you're trailing 14-13. And it's actually the first time in his young play calling career that he's facing a deficit. And, you know, Jeff Saturday said, you know, he started to to kind of teeter a little bit, you know. And, he, and this is the quote he gave. He said, we didn't convert. And then we missed the field goal. And Parks was like, man, maybe I. But Saturday just wouldn't let him finish. He's like, I said, Parks, you're calling an incredible game. You don't back down a bit. That's what the league is. It's it's that's what it is. It's how do you respond to when it goes poorly? Exactly. And to 
Jeff's credit, like, and I, I was one of them, and I still feel this way. He was not qualified, in my opinion, to be a head coach in the NFL because he hadn't had the head coaching experience. But I'm not gonna harp on that anymore. It is what it is now. I'm not like upset about it, I'm not mad about it. I'll just that was just my opinion. But the thing that he is really good at rallying the troops and being like a cheerleader in a sense. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way. I mean like he's gonna cheer on his guys. He's gonna put that confidence back in you. And in that moment, that's what he did for Parks. And you look up and you you realize that wasn't the first time they were going to face an adversity. That game was back and forth down the stretch and parks to his credit called the right place when they needed the most, they made the right place when they needed them the most. And they got a dramatic win. you know, parks in the locker room after the game said, you know, none of these plays work because of me. It's all because of you. And it's like, no man, like give yourself some credit because, you know, without you, you know, what, what are they doing? And, and it felt like the offense was fluid again. And some of that is just the Raiders deficiencies, but there was a good mix of passing, you know, and, and running and blocking and different schemes, different looks. And it just felt like, you know, that was a triumphant moment on it for Jeff Saturday, but for Parks Frazier to kind of validate, like, we do care about this. And I'm not saying they didn't care. It just seemed like an unserious move coming into the into the game. However, with the with Matt Ryan, if you'd have told both of us that Matt Ryan was going to be the starter, I think you probably had a lot more people picking the, the Colts to win that game just because he gives them that much of a chance. And then also seeing Parks kind of settle in, Jeff Saturday rodeo all week deal with that circus and come out with the win it was really cool to see i'll say that and also just real quick to everyone who's in our mentions at least in mine i will gladly eat crow or whatever you want me to do because i i like i mean i like it in, in a sense of if i'm in the same position as jeff saturday i will feel the same way he's never going to say it out loud because he's a pretty you know humble guy but i know he had to be feeling like all you people out there who said i, you know, like, I just came in to be a mascot didn't care didn't earn it I got that win, you know, help this team win, you know, and, and you all can kick rocks. I like it. I think that is a good thing. Like you should be able to talk as much trash as you want. not wrong about Jeff Saturday having that quality, that indescribable, no, not at all. Not at all, intangible, that thing that we talk about in sports a lot. But let's get into that. Let's get into And he Jeff does Saturday. care. Like he yeah, cares deeply. He's, that, that he's authentic. It's not honest. BS. Yeah, he's yeah. not playing a role. He's not trying to be something he's not. But let's get into that. I think our response to Jeff Saturday's hiring was totally fine. It was totally unprecedented in this league. And we were also under the impression that Sam Ellinger was going to be the quarterback, and that was going to be very difficult. But let's get into that. So my theory is that Jeff Saturday had very little impact on the X's and O's of this game, of this game against the Raiders. And we do have to preface this by saying the Raiders are a freaking mess. They're a terribly coached team. They're terrible. Max Crosby had... Six of their nine sacks going into the game. They had nine sacks in eight games. That's it. And he's a terrific player, but the Colts offensive line looked good in part because the Raiders are so bad. And the Raiders are bad in a lot of different areas, and we all saw that. Nothing against the Colts. That's not the Colts' fault. That's not Jeff Saturday's fault. You win the game that's on your schedule, and he did. But I don't think he had a lot of impact on the X's and O's of this game. I think he leaned on his assistance a lot, a lot, a lot. And I know that for a fact. Now, how did Jeff Saturday impact the game? talked to a lot of players, talked to a lot of people around this organization the last couple of days. And I was hearing practice was different. Practice was different Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. The offense kept screwing up a play. Jeff brought him back and said, no, 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 no. We're not going to work off to the side, which they had done in the past. We're not going to work with one player and the tight ends coach off to the side. We're going to get the whole group back together and we're going to run this play and do it right. And they finally got it right. And Jeff screamed, now do that shit the right way the first time. And that got players' attention because multiple players told me about this. And this is a quote from Sam Ellinger. He said, we got a really good X's and O's coaches. 
But I think what Jeff brought was more energy. It's hard to describe that, that fight, that toughness, that accountability, calling guys to play better, not being afraid to say something, not being too nice. I don't think that's a shot at Frank Reich. I think Sam Ellinger loves Frank Reich. I know everybody in that locker room loved Frank Reich. But there is something to be said for a guy that brought some juice, some energy, a fresh perspective. This was something that a fan tweeted at me, and I think he's dead on. What coach in this league does Jim Mercer love? He loves to praise Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. I think this is Jim Mercer's version of Mike Vrabel. Not the same coaching qualifications. Vrabel was a DC before he was hired. A former player who commands respect, who will get in players' faces, and will delegate. Vrabel doesn't coordinate anymore. And I think that's an important part. Jeff Saturday is essentially the Colts' CEO, right, at this point. He's delegating to the coaches, and he's really good at getting in their faces and telling them what's going to work. And I thought this was really interesting. He walked into the meeting on Wednesday morning, and these players didn't know what the hell was going to happen. They were stunned by the hire, just like us. And Jeff Saturday did not beat around the bush. He said, take ownership of this team. This needs to be a player-led football team. It has to be. So he's putting all of it on them. And I think that kind of hit them in the face. And I think he's right. And that's the impact he had. I'm not going to say it's coaching. I'm not going to say it's X's and O's. But I do think he got their attention. And I think they responded to that. And I have to add the caveat that it's one game. It's against a bad Raiders team. But I think it worked. I think it worked for one week. And this is Julian Blackman. Honestly, he gave his motivation. He told us the only way we're going to do this is by being the toughest team. How many times this year have the Colts been the toughest team? He's going to give them their all for eight games. And I think I think you're starting to see the imprint of Jeff Saturday on this team. It's going to get real on Sunday against a very good Eagles team who remain the, the favorite in the NFC. But I think through one game, I'm starting to feel that Jeff Saturday could have something in him the next eight games. I think he does. I do think that the schedule kind of set itself up for a storybook ending. Is kind of how he called it with that game, that opponent. Yeah, for one. They're week. not that good. I mean, they're... Complete to be completely honest, if people thought the Colts were like a dumpster fire, the Raiders make them look they've had you Jacobs know, and Adams and Carr for every game, and they're two and seven. And they've been, you know, in almost every game, and they've just lost it at the end. Like, I talked just, to a lot of players about Adams, and they they couldn't, but like that step back that you mentioned, like, yeah, man, he is he, he is he so makes the good. first guy miss every single time. But you know, in that same vein, I think that there were a lot of moments where we saw why certain guys were brought here. Um, you saw Buck dominating. You saw, you know, uh, Matt Ryan making plays. And then at the end, you had Gilly Lock and you had, uh, or, or as Grover Stewart calls him, the, the locksmith, you know. Oh, it's great. Um, you know, ice in the game. That's his third game-winning pass breakup of the season. You know, I talked to him after, you know, the Washington game where he, uh, Terry McLaurin had the catch over him, basically that sealed the game. And he said he liked himself in those moments then. And he said it again Sunday. So we're watching the game. We're in the press box, open air press box, so we can hear the stadium. And I'm thinking, okay, it's fourth and six. They can still get a first down. They're going to try and get Adams in one-on-one. And I said, it's going to be it's going to be Gilmore. Like, this is why you watch football, right? For those matchups, for those plays. Pretty good throw from Carr. I think Gilly was a little handsy, but he knows, and he's a veteran, he knows that they're not going to call that in that situation. And advantage Colts, right? I mean, Adams is the best receiver in the league still. And... Gillylock again. He is he has been he has been tremendous since the day he got here. Here's what he said. He said, I've been in this league for a long time. I made a lot of those plays at the end of the game, whether it's in Super Bowl moments, AFC championships, I live for those moments. 
I wouldn't say it's disrespectful them for them to try me in those moments, but I like my those moments for myself. And that's like is honest as Gilly will ever be about how he feels. He's so cocky without being in those cocky. Moments. Like <laughs> right. right, you know, like all the players around him are cocky for him. Like in Denver, like we couldn't even explain. Like every single player was like, he's him, he's him. They tried that dude. They didn't know he was him. And, and it's you know what he tweeted kind of out after thing. after Sunday's game? Still him. Like, so he, he, he hears it all. He feels it all. And it felt like, you know, this was a chance for, for them to kind of recalibrate, reset. Obviously the, the schedule is going to get much harder, at least in the first week, you know, after this win, but it felt like, you know, to, to their credit, they were able to make something out of a crazy week. I mean, how many, how many days did they really have just Saturday, even in the building to prepare for a game? It was Wednesday through Friday. That's that's what it was. He didn't meet the players until Wednesday morning. Some of them didn't even know what was going on. They were as stunned as the rest of us. And they found out through social media. But like, like they were not told to this every before player us. Player in the locker room, and there was there was a certain level of added energy in these practices. I know this probably sounds like BS, but when ten or twelve players tell me this, I start to buy in. Jonathan Taylor said Wednesday's practice was good. Thursday's was a little bit better. That's when Matt Ryan got the lion's share of the reps for the first time. I think Jeff Saturday just looked at Matt Ryan and said, can you play? And Matt Ryan's like, yeah. And he's like, you're a quarterback. I, I don't think it was any more complicated than that. And it shouldn't have ever been that complicated, but that's a, a different story for a different day. But kudos for Jeff Saturday for not overthinking that situation. And I think Matt Ryan's return gave them some oomph. But Jonathan Taylor said Friday's practice, man. He's like, when you have a quick, crisp practice, that just gives you confidence. And I think that changed last week. And maybe they had hit a rut with Frank Reich. Certainly they didn't play well. In Foxborough, and I think if you're a player and you go into a game and you know that your quarterback is going to be limited, that that hurts your confidence. It's only human nature, and they love Sam Ellinger, but that's the reality of this league. Confident players play well, and I think that gave him something. And I think it was twofold this week. They gave Jeff Saturday gave him something, and I think Matt Ryan gave him a lot. And I want to touch on this real quick. And this is not anything against Jeff Saturday, but I truly believe that if Frank Reich was still the head coach. They could have won that game if you gave Matt Ryan against the Raiders. I agree 100%. Like, that's one thing I don't want to gloss over. And if Jeff is... Saturday coached in Foxborough under the same circumstances, I still think it's the same result. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. 
tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As much as you want to praise the new coach, as you've kind of alluded to, the real change was Matt Ryan being back in there. You know, he had the 10th game of his career with the rushing and, and, and um, throwing touchdown. Yes, rushing counts because he had the one yard, you know, <laughs> plunge. But I mean, you look at the amount of guys that got involved in this game. How many times have they called QB sneaks this year? How many times have they been able to get down there this year? Well, let's be honest. But yes, to your to your point. First, first, first half lead all season. First 10 point lead all year. They're breaking all the streaks this week. One thing I will say, you know, goal line, you know, goal line to go. It was not a shotgun. It was not a shotgun draw to JT or something. It was, we're going to put you, you know, under center and just move them. And I think that's what Jeff Saturday was most proud of. He talked about it after the game was like, we impose our will. And when you do that, starting at the line of scrimmage, you have plays like those throughout the games where, you know, you got the, you know, you have the Paris Campbell streaking across the field for a touchdown. You get the JT, you know, game breaker. And Quentin Nelson, who has really, I guess, opened up this season, he's been one of the voices of the locker room throughout all of this tumultuous stuff, which I don't know if anybody would have expected that coming into the season, but this Not season me. he's talked Not a lot. Me. I asked him about, I don't even know if, I didn't, I didn't include this in the story too much, but I said, how good did it feel to win at the line? And he was like, man, like, it was great seeing like Will Fries do his thing. Like, you know, I'm trying to do my thing. We're all playing like five is one finally. And of course they had some mistakes because they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be a great offensive line the rest of the season, but they looked, you know, respectable. They, they won some matchups. They imposed their will. And I think that kind of permeates throughout the team. When you see guys winning their one-on-one matchups and just physically being the more dominant man. I mean, that's what football comes down to in essence is like, I'm going to do what you don't want me to do. Anyway, and, and it, that's what it felt like. And it was a lot of good energy in the locker room afterwards. EJ Speed, who's <laughs> he's the guy I go to when you just want an unfiltered opinion on things. And he said this uh, to me last week. And I, I asked him about the whole, you know, I said, dude, I'm not saying you are. But I said, outside of the building, people think this franchise is tanking or this is a possibility because of given the hire. And at the time, we thought Sam Ellinger was still the quarterback. And he was like, he looked at me he's like, man, James. If you ever think I do some shit like that, man, we do some shit like that, man. Like, no, we really care about this. And so talking to him after the game, he's like, man, see, I told you. I told you, like, we care. And it wasn't like one of those I told you. So he was just like, people don't realize we care about this. And tanking only matters to the fans, not the players. That's a good point. I'm glad you asked EJ that. Because, like, we talked about this on the ride home. Like, if you just remove Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger, and if they're playing Sam Ellinger, it's like every move on paper makes you think they're tanking. They hired a high school coach and they fired their OC and they fired their head coach and, and like it, 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 they trade their running back. It just feels like that. They're not tanky. They're not. I can tell you that for a fact. Like Ursay, Ballard, the players, like they are trying to win games and that's going to hurt their drafts. That's a conversation for January and February, but they're not tanky. Like they're not. I can tell you for a fact. And I would tell you if I thought they were, they're trying to win games. And the elevation from Matt Ryan from backup to starter tells you that. Jeff Saturday didn't come here to go two and seven two and whatever six now he might they're trying to win like they're trying to win games and just Saturday and, and these guys like Grover and Buckner and Gilmore and like these guys have a lot of pride and Matt Ryan he doesn't know what his future is going to hold and he's not here to to just to just lose games either and get the next quarterback in here just a few guys I do not want to forget about 
I talked about Kenny Moore's open field tackle. That was it was incredible. Isaiah Rogers, man, like that dude, that read he had on that comeback route from from Adams. He almost picked it. I saw it happen live, and I saw his jump. Isaiah finds the football. We have been telling you guys this all year. We've been telling you back in August. We saw it in training camp. I don't know why he wasn't the starter. He is now. He's 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 playing great. That dude deserves some love. He is a playmaker. Bobby Okereke's breakup doesn't get the same love that Gilmore's does because it was third down, but that that helped win the game. And Bobby was tremendous right right alongside Zaire in the middle of the field. Dayo Odengbo is coming on. No one's starting to notice it. He doesn't have the sacks, but the pressure and the impact and the effect he's having is very real. So those are the, some of the guys that stood out to me on tape. And I have to mention Will Fries. I don't think Matt Pryor sees the field the rest of the season. I think Colts fans will rejoice after they hear that statement. Um, Braden Smith and Will Fries had the great seal block on the 66-yard run for JT. They deserve a lot of credit. Like you said a minute ago, I think when the offensive line started to get whipped every week, they lost their identity. They lost who they were, and I think the confidence that, that was there was just gone throughout the entire offense. And I think it was back for one day, for one game against a bad team. I think it was back because they won up front, like you said. And that's how they've won in the past. Despite different flaws around them, they were able to win a lot of games because the offensive line was good and because JT would go off or Pittman would go off. Um, if they can get that group to play consistent football, which is very hard because they haven't done it in 10 weeks, then they can start to look a little bit like the team last year. They looked like they had the, some, the good, some the life. good team that we saw last year before the, <laughs> the Vegas and Jacksonville collapse. Yeah, and that's one thing to keep in mind. Like they're they're four, five, and one, so that isn't exactly a good record. But because of the division they're in, they're not completely out of it. That's a crazy statement, but you're right. I mean, they're not out of it. There's a lot of teams with worse records, including the defending Super Bowl champs. Yeah. So another thing that that kind of stood out to me about this game in particular was the amount of people that were involved offensively. Like I said, Kylan Granson had a 32-yard catch yeah. to set up the first score. Great yards after the um, catch. Yep, Paris Campbell had a career-high 76 receiving yards. And he's had, you know, talking to him, he he's had a, a heck of a year. And in, in on a personal level, he's a good person. So it is rewarding to see Paris have a good season because he's been through a lot and every week. And I, I asked him, I said, man, you dropped a third down pass. Now, I believe the way he kind of explained it to me, him and Matt were like slightly off kilter with like where they expected him to be and where the ball was going to be. But he said, like, it hit me in the hands. I should have caught, caught it. And I'm like, okay, mentally, how do you move on from that? He's like, it's almost like he looked at me like, do you not know who I am? He's like, man, I've been through everything. He's like, if that's, you know, if that's the worst thing that happens on a, on a given day, I'll be fine. Cause a couple years ago, he wasn't even playing. So he's like, and then I think that it was really cool to for him to have that moment of redemption later on in the game which came after the Matt Ryan, you know, scramble, which was in part due to Parks Fraser calling it up, uh, you know, again, and dialing his number again in a big moment. And it felt like, you know, again, a lot of people, different people stepped up and they had a chance to actually have an impact in this game. I know Alec Pierce didn't have a lot of huge moments and stuff like that, but even his ability to just be a threat out there um, kind of opened some things up. So the offense felt more, more competent. It felt like they could actually move and go down the field. Cause I mean, I, I just don't, think that it was realistic to expect that this offense was going to be able to move consistently down the field with Sam Ellinger, nothing against him. And so you talk to him and I'll let you kind of take it away. But everything I read, the quotes that I read from him, he is a class act in every sense of the word, Matt Ryan too. And I talked to you know a couple of colleagues about this on the beat. It's like, there are obviously two very different players or whatever. If you had to pick like 
two players to just model how how you want them to be when things don't go their way, it's those two. Like they both said and and the right things, and I believe they meant the right things. You know what I mean? Like obviously it doesn't feel good personally, but they've handled it like true professionals. Which I mean, this is kind of been like a circus. Let's be honest. Like starting a quarterback, benching, bringing them back—that doesn't happen in the NFL very often. So I think that both of them have handled it very well. And uh, maybe you can shed some light on just Sam's perspective on an entire week that's kind of been crazy where people know like he's not the guy, he can't be the guy, but he really, really wants to be. Yeah. So in a lot of places, I think this dissolves. I think like you mentioned, the circus around them, you mismanage the quarterback situation like the Colts have. I think the season goes southward. I really do in a lot of places. And I think it doesn't here and it didn't here because of those two guys, because of what you mentioned. Like these guys are these guys are legit. Like these guys are everything you read about these guys. All these quotes from the teammates is is real. Like Quentin Nelson heaping praise on Matt Ryan like that, calling it the biggest man move he's ever seen. Like that's not BS. Like Quentin doesn't just say stuff to say stuff. And I think what Sam said Sunday kind of speaks to who he is. He's like, yeah, man. Obviously, I like I was happy for Matt. Like, and I get a chance to learn from him again. Like. This year, for better or for worse, is going to help Sam Ellinger a lot down the line. And that's what he said. Like, this year is going to help me a lot. And as someone told me last week, like, Sam's not here looking to be the backup. Like, he wants to play. Like, that competitive fire is very much there. It's same with Matt Ryan. Like, think about his last three weeks. I mean, he, he gets hurt. The team's struggling. He loses his job. Two days later, he stands in front of the cameras and has to answer questions about why he lost to this job to this guy that's, that's not really ready that's not really on par with his skills and and he's a total pro and then two days after Frank Reich is fired he stood in front of the cameras and said you know I'm crushed I love Frank I came here to play for Frank but you never know what's going to happen next in this league it's wild he didn't even practice on Wednesday on Thursday he goes out there and I'm like oh Matt Ryan's practiced for the first time in three weeks I get word later that night and then Friday that Matt Ryan got some first team reps and I'm like okay okay I don't know if he's ready to play and Jeff Saturday basically said after Thursday, he's like, as long as Matt threw on Friday and he looked fine, he was going to play. It was that simple. And the interesting thing, and I don't know if you caught this, Jeff said, yeah, I went and told the coaches. I knew what I was going to do, but I wanted their thoughts. To a man, they were all on board. What does that tell you? They never wanted to bench Matt Ryan. Frank Reich didn't want to bench Matt Ryan. I don't think Chris Ballard wanted to bench Matt Ryan, although he was curious to see what Ellinger can do. Um, and that leads me to my last point that we'll get to. Jim Irsay. Yes. He has been the, very the golf cart. He has yes. talked a lot. The last time we saw him publicly last Monday night was one of the most bizarre press conferences that I've ever seen. And I've seen, some, <laughs> I've seen, as Stephen Holder, my former colleague said, he turned to me late Sunday night in the press box in, in Vegas. He said, Zach, we have seen some shit on this beat. And I know you have seen some shit this, oh, this my year, goodness, James, I have, first yes. year, but <laughs> all the fans out there that have followed this team, for the last 10, 15 years. You guys know. You guys have lived it too. Jim Irsay. He talked after the game. He said essentially that choosing not to make the move to Jeff Saturday, he said he said if we didn't make a move, that was more of a risk. That was more that's his that's his understanding. Now we're gonna find out a lot more the last seven games. And in one game against the Raiders does not tell you the full evaluation of Jeff Saturday. But again, he's an owner, he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't care about the criticisms about was it the right process? Was he the right guy? Was he qualified? He is right about this. Jeff Saturday has something to him. It's not fake. It's not It's not fabricated. 
it's not forced. Like he, there is something to him. He's got a lot of potential as a coach. I don't know if that's a head coach. I don't know if that's a position coach. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But um, what does it say about the future of this franchise, how this last week has unfolded? Because we know, we know who's pulling all the strings from behind the scenes. Yeah, I think that it obviously helps the Jeff Saturday full-time head coach opportunity. That kind of bolsters that. Obviously, they'll go through the entire if this goes um, process. well, don't you think Jamerce is going to want to hire him so yes, badly? Yes, because and I think that this was obviously a big good. first step in that, you know. But to his credit, he knows what he's not. That's a good point, and that is a very good that's a perspective guy. to have. Right. Like he knows what he's not, and I think that all of us in life could be better at that if we just know what we're not. And he'll he'll say it like you know, yeah, I didn't call the plays, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I delegated, but I was going to do this, I was going to care about this, and I was going to give tips on this. So I think that he's at an advantage where he's very sure of who he is and who he's not. And then I think that in regards to Jim Irsay, he enjoyed, you know, kind of sticking it to us after the game on the golf cart, you know, with his video online, you know, never a gamble, whatever, whatever, you know, with some of the tweets that he had, that's all fine and dandy. But like, as you said, there's a lot of games left to be played. Not, not me. I'm not going to lie. I am team petty all the way, all the time. So if you ever get anything right, and I'm not one of those people who thinks like, you know, wait until you will win a real game or wouldn't like, no, you can talk all you want to everyone who, who I criticize the team. Everyone who feels like I was wrong, feel free to like lay it on me this week. That's fine. Like I, I enjoy that. Like I, I think that's what I would do. But the journalist in me knows there's more football to be played. There's a lot more perspective to be had on this whole thing. But the first game was definitely a step in the right direction for at least Jeff Saturday for this franchise. I don't know, you know, because if Matt Ryan comes in and they end up winning, you know, three or four more games and they still miss the playoffs or something like that. And they don't have a really high pick. Yeah. It's like, is Matt Ryan back? Like, I think he would be, which is a crazy statement because a week ago, I would have never thought that. Exactly. I mean, a week ago, I was thinking that he throws last NFL pass, you know, in the NFL. In our responses to the Jeff Saturday hiring, you know, someone tweeted me that the media narrative was overreaction. I, I don't think it was, to be honest. I mean, qualifications-wise, he, he wasn't qualified. He wasn't. I mean, in a lot of ways, in a lot of coaching ways. I mean, those points are valid. Um, but maybe this changes everybody's mind on who is qualified and who is <laughs> not to lead an NFL team. But like you said, I do want to make this clear. You know, one player told me in the locker room Sunday night, he said, like, it's amazing how much things change after a win and after a loss. After a loss, and they said, this is his words, when we got our ass kicked in Foxborough, and it was bad. I mean, they were run out of the building. They were embarrassed. And it felt like the sky was falling. And the sky kind of did fall the next day. And then they come back and they beat the Raiders in Vegas, and it feels like so much more is possible. This league will humble you fast. There's seven games left. Not everybody's going to be as mistake-prone as, as and as poorly coached as the Las Vegas Raiders. A very good team is coming to Luke Soil Stadium. We'll get a much better feel on Sunday, but I don't have any answers left. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm done trying to predict things with this team. They're a soap opera, and one day, <laughs> if I write a book about this team, the last three weeks are going to get their own chapter because it just defies belief on how an NFL team should operate but it's been fascinating to say the least and and I'll say this Jeff Saturday has been a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways I mean he's just 
that's a really good point you just made. Like, he knows what he's not. He's not coming in and acting like he has all the answers. And I know for a fact there were coaches that were pissed off about this hiring and were frustrated at the process. And I think that's totally logical and totally normal. And I think Jeff Saturday's done a really good job of being like, look, you guys are good coaches. I'm just here to support. I'm just here to dive in where I want to dive in. And, you know, maybe the offensive line was better because he was there. Maybe they were better because the Raiders are terrible. But that's not an easy thing to do. And if anything, Jeff Saturday should get credit for that, for the way he's handled this from the minute he got here. I don't know what's going to happen, and they're going to play much tougher teams down the road. They got Philly. They got a couple weeks. They got Dallas on the road. They got Minnesota, who just won in Buffalo. Like, it's going to get tough. Like, it's going to get really tough. But I think Jeff Saturday is going to be the same guy throughout, and I think that's a really commendable trait. Yes, and a couple, I guess, housekeeping items. Shaquille Leonard went on IR, had a setback um, last week with his, you know, back, calf, ankle, nerve thing that he's got going on. It was reported that he was going to, you know, go see a specialist about this to see if he could play again this season. I think, and we both think that he's not going to play again this year. I don't see the point in risking that because if you – I look at it like this. If this is the lost season for Shaquille Leonard in his potential Hall of Fame career, who cares? Like, yeah, there's no point in playing him again. of an injury. You got to get Exactly. Right. And I did see him in the locker room after the game. He was excited that they had won. Shook his hand, told him good luck with everything because you know he's he feels left out in a sense because he, he, he would love to be a part of, you know, the, the take that crowd. <laughs> and I think football is his happy place. And I think being exactly. on the field makes him Exactly. Whole. Exactly, but just, yeah, like a lot of players, he's lost without that, and that's exactly that sucks. And but for anyone saying that, he doesn't want to be on the field, like that's just complete nonsense. No, he cares. Like he posted a, a clip that he ended up deleting, but he was just saying how frustrating it is to to not be out there. But to the defense's credit, they've all rallied without him. And I've asked in that linebacker group, I've talked to them. They're probably the, my most talked to group on the team. Um, they've all you know said that they've had to remind him, like you're going to be that guy again. We still believe in you. And EJ Speed, even again, he was just saying, like, we also have to tell him, like, you're, the maniac isn't just football. Like, you know, make sure that you're, you know, nurturing the other parts of your life until you can get back to the field. So um, that's one thing I want to mention. And also, did the column on my dad being a diehard Raiders fan. I appreciate all the, the nice comments or whatever. But as a Colts podcast, I guess, host or whatever, co-host, it is funny to call my dad after that game and just hear him go off about how bad his team is. So that was pretty funny to hear from him. He's like, I mean, if you you're were the there, Raiders man, and, like... and you get a hype, you know, a guy who's been on the job six days. <laughs> oh, man. You, I mean, you all, you know, any or our listeners, you all would have loved to hear this man just, just snap about the incompetency of his franchise, how embarrassed he was at that loss. And we talk every week about, you know, wins and losses and games. And that was one, obviously, that was kind of special for us. But it was funny, just funny to hear his reaction. Cause I told him all week and I just said, this is just in a, some trash talk. Well, I was like, Hey man, like your team, and I don't know. They might, they, they might be on like, you know, high alert. And he's like, no, we ain't no way. My, my team's going to lose some guys. that ain't never caught. And I'm like, and then that call afterwards was, was pretty funny. I didn't even have to say anything. He just like, yep, yep, yep. I got to take it. So I could feel the anger in the stadium. Like, yeah, they were getting Raiders fans are different, man. They're an yeah. angry bunch. Like they are intense. Yeah. And I've yeah. covered a lot of games in Oakland and then this one in Vegas. And I would be pissed too. Like they have some real talent and they're built to win and compete right now. And they're a circus and the Colts are a different kind of circus, but it's different when you win. And they they got a way to get Adams the ball in the second half and he kind of took over. But 
I don't get how they're two and seven. I I just I. Weird. Well, I don't get how this team is four, five, and one. So I mean, it's it's. Oh, it's football, I, I do. Man. I do in a lot of ways. But I'm not gonna lie. Um, like if you had told me a one would be at the end of their record at the beginning of the season, I told you you were crazy. But I, I mean, mean, another crazy stat. I mean, it, Matt Ryan's got four game-winning drives, five fourth-quarter comebacks, and if Blankenship makes that field goal, he's five and three as the starter. Now, part of the you know part of the reason they lost a couple of those Jacksonville early is because he played terrible. He threw a lot of interceptions. He fumbled, but game on the line, he is Matty Ice. Like I have seen that, and I think the players believe in him, and I think that's a really important quality to have as a Absolutely. quarterback. And the belief was there. The belief that hadn't been there the last couple of weeks. The belief was there. And if I'm Jeff Saturday, I'm not making another quarterback change. It's Matt Ryan. Maybe Nick Foles comes into play. But, so you mean um, if you, if you're not you know Jim why don't we, why don't we get all three in there you know, at some point this season? Yeah, unless so. he 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 was saying that, but let's be real. Like Jim Irsay and and Bob Kravitz touched on this in his column. He has to stop meddling to allow this team to actually have an identity, have some continuity. He because did this if he week. Does, he let Jeff Saturday pick his quarterback. There's one exactly step. Exactly. So as long as he stays a little more, I guess hands off the rest of the way. We'll see what, how this team can kind of rally. And if they can make something out of this season, because as we keep saying, they're not tanking, they're not out of it, but they do have to start stringing some games together. Not only like up their schedule, the games I think that they should win, like just should, are Pittsburgh and, and the Texans. But to obviously to make the playoffs, which is their goal, you got to beat some of these other teams. Giants will be. Tough. I mean, hey, Chargers will be tough. Philly and Dallas. Will Philly, be really obviously, tough. yeah. So, but you know, Jeff Saturday is also the only undefeated head coach in the NFL. So, if there's anyone who can do it, Zach, <laughs> I, I, I had to laugh. I had to laugh. I still can't believe, like, when the inbox, when my email pops into my <laughs> inbox, it's like, here's what Jeff, the interim coach, Jeff Saturday said. I, I still can't believe that's a real thing, but it is. And we will He's be a man here of many hats. for every step of the way. There's no reason to quit now. It's been a wild, wild season. Seven games to go, I think. Anything coming on the radar, James, that our listeners should be aware of? Stay tuned. I'm working on something about Zaire. I'll just leave it at that. He's a guy who's been a leader for this defense, had a breakout season this year, been through some stuff in his life. And uh, he's, and Zach, you know, he's one of the guys you could talk to. Um, one loss or draw, he'll always stand tall and, and, and give it to you straight. He's, a pro. he's one of so, the leaders in that room. In that room for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's definitely one that we'll hit on. And and honestly, I'll probably is, talk to... There's a lot to his story before he yeah, got to his lead. Yeah, exactly. That's fascinating. And then more so this week, I'll probably just talk to you know Matt again to kind of... I don't think anyone really got to the point of like, what was it like for you? We just didn't have enough time to like get into the whole, what was the week like for you leading up to it? When did you start feeling okay? And I think I'll, I'll dive more into that tomorrow to kind of, you know recap the past week but also kind of give a glimpse of what is to come because now everyone knows collectively this is the guy um we knew that before but obviously it, it's it's easier when the franchise is saying that so it'll be cool to kind of get his perspective at least a little bit more on that wild week and then now being back in the you know saddle and having a chance to go up against a really good philly team that obviously will be very mad that they're not undefeated anymore and i think that's probably gonna lock them in even more they teetered against the texans Lost against Washington. I think that we're going to see a Philly team that's very focused. I think Matt Ryan is, is going to – hey, he has to love that challenge of, all right, like I'm back in the saddle and we, we're going against this team that is really good. And as you know in the NFL, like you play the games because you just never know what could happen. I mean, everyone in the world picked Philly to win yesterday, and they didn't. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out the rest of this week. Yeah, and, and this is 
really telling. Jeff Saturday went to Matt Ryan on Thursday or Friday of last week and said, can you start? Are you ready to go? And Matt Ryan said, I want all of it. Like, I'm ready. Like, let's go. He only knows how to do it one way, he said. So that tells you a lot. He will be the QB1 moving forward. I've got a lot of interviews set up this week. Matt Ryan, Jeff Saturday, Parks Frazier, Scott Milanovic. I want to talk to all those guys about the last 10 days. And we will have a lot more coming on The Athletic, as you guys can probably imagine. We haven't gotten a lot of sleep. We haven't gotten a lot of days off. But that's what it is. It's been a wild season. Thank you for following along. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you for commenting. It's been a wild ride for you guys. I can promise you it's been a wild ride for us. But hey, the Colts, if they do anything, they don't do boring. So we'll be there. Big one this week against the Eagles. That'll be a lot of fun. Nick Sirianni's coming back to town. Jonathan Gannon's coming back to town. Zach Paschal as well. And we will check in with you guys next week. So for James Boyd, this is Zach Kiefer. This is 1% better, but we do need to change the name. So I promise you, the next time I get free time, which probably won't happen until February, we'll find a way to change it to Upper Quartile, the Matt Ryan, I don't know, whatever you guys want to do, whatever name you guys want to pick. <laughs> Upper Quartile is, is my, my favorite so far. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. We will catch up with you guys next week.